Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. And today in our first half hour, we're going to talk about Actually, we're going to talk about kindness, which I think we could all use more of in our culture today. My guest is Kelly Harding. She's an MD with a Master's in Public Health, and her brand new book is The Rabbit Effect, Live Longer, Happier, and Healthier with the Groundbreaking Science of Kindness. Kelly Harding is a Columbia University doctor, author, and pioneer in the science of compassion. She offers an eye-opening and provocative new way to look at our health-based system on the latest groundbreaking discoveries in the science of compassion. And we'll take a look at how kindness can change your health and your happiness. Welcome, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be with you. Well, this has been a topic of mine for quite some time, so I was very uh, excited to have you on the program. And... Uh, and there have been other people who are writing about this and talking about this, and I'm just so glad that you've created a whole book on kindness. So my first question to you is, um, what's the connection to rabbits? Talk about rabbits. <laughs> like, what is the deal with these rabbits? So, um, so yeah. absolutely. So, um, so the rabbits are a story that helps illustrate how I discovered, you know, basically these decades of research looking at how kindness impacts our health. And so, um, you know, the story really begins back in the late 1970s when there was a researcher, a basic scientist by the name of Dr. Robert Niram, a real lovely fellow who um, was looking at diet and heart health. And he was doing this by doing a very straightforward experiment um, by basically giving genetically identical rabbits a very high fat diet. And um, he was expecting to find you know, the same results in all the rabbits. But lo and behold, at the end of the study, he found that one group of rabbits had extremely better health outcomes than all the other groups. And um, they realized everything checked out with the protocol, but they noticed that one of the researchers that was caring for that group of rabbits, uh, she wasn't just feeding the rabbits. She was picking the rabbits up. She was petting them. She was you know, basically talking to them, giving them love and kindness, essentially. And they thought, you know, much to their credit, could somehow the social world be changing biology or physiology of these rabbits? And so they repeated the experiment with very tightly controlled conditions, got the same response, and published it in the journal Science. Um, And I heard about this study while I was uh, doing a research fellowship at Columbia looking at unexplained symptoms. And, you know, when I heard about this study, it really helped fuel me across the street from the medical center, literally to the School of Public Health directly, the building adjacent. And that's where I discovered, you know, that there is so much evidence that our social world is the major determinant of our health. And it just felt like this critical message that I needed to share with people. And so, you know, that's why I wrote The Rabbit Effect. Well, it's um, it's affecting a lot of people today. Uh, when we're, you know, when we're in a world that isn't so kind, it isn't warm, and sometimes uh, there's hostility and criticism, and uh, and we see so much today with um, bullying that this is so important. 
So let me ask you some other things. This book is about medical mysteries. What do you mean by that? But I know medical mysteries comes into this. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, part of how I got interested in this was because, you know, as a doctor, you know, I became interested in patients that defied diagnoses. So that meant either, you know, people that had on paper, they looked gravely ill, very serious diagnoses, but then when you met them, they're functioning fairly well, they're managing, they're continuing to live their life in many respects. And then the flip side of that, seeing, you know, patients who, um, you know, uh, medically everything checks out, they look sort of squeaky clean, but then they're not feeling or functioning well. And it raises question of sort of what are we missing in medicine? Because this wasn't you know, just the exception, it seemed to be the rule that, that we were missing a lot. And so this, I guess you could say it led me down this rabbit hole to try to figure out mm-hmm. what was happening. So, you know, I ended up um, training initially in internal medicine and psychiatry because I thought it had something to do with the mind-body connection. And I ended up doing this research fellowship in medically unexplained symptoms at Columbia. And then lo and behold, it was the rabbit study that finally got me across the street to the School of Public Health. And, you know, that's where you know, it's, as a physician, it is so striking. So it turns out, you know, that it, while access to medical care is critical for every human being, it probably only accounts for, you know, a 10 to 20% of our overall health status. And, you know, the mm. rest of that, genes play a role, but not as much as, you know, originally we thought. And it turns out, you know, the major determinant of our health is our relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would I and I have a whole bunch of questions on my own that I want to ask, but sure. what is particularly when you're going through a very difficult time? Now, as we get older, and I know one of the factors is loneliness, we could have a health loss, a relationship loss, a financial loss that really, you know, um, disrupts our equilibrium and it's a loss. I have yeah. found in my life, that kindness has made all the difference in the world. I'd like you to comment on that, particularly from the perspective of loneliness and loss. Sure. So we so we now know that, you know, loneliness is as big a risk factor to health as, you know, things like smoking. It's estimated around like 15 cigarettes a day, you know, heavy alcohol use, even, you know, being obese is less of a risk factor than uh, loneliness. So it's the kind of thing that we need to be paying attention to. And I suspect probably for most people listening, you know, our doctors have asked us about, you know, how much alcohol we consume or they measure our weight or our blood pressure even, but they don't ask us about, you know, do you have someone close to you you can talk to when you're not feeling well or, you know, um, a supportive friend or, you know, uh, this social component of our life um, has not been a traditional part of how we think about health. And so, you know, mm-hmm. part of the push with the rabbit effect is to start talking about that because the exciting thing is we actually have the power to change this as long as we pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of, you know, thinking about it, I think we all know that we feel better with a supportive hand on our shoulder, you know, a friend by our side during difficult times. And this is where, you know, the evidence really pans out that, you know, kindness buffers stress in all these different areas of our lives, whether it's in our homes, our workplaces, our schools, our neighborhoods, our broader communities. And it's it's time we start talking about that because there's so many different ways that we can make our world a kinder place. And we have 
far more influence as an individual than we previously had realized. What do you think are some of those ways, Kelly? Sure. So, you know, there are so many different aspects. And so in the book I go through, it's sort of like this ripple effect between starting at the individual and thinking about individual biology and then going out from that. And so, you know, I think the first thing is to, you know, pay attention to the relationships that are positive in your life right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've all experienced kindness and actually it's really nice. There's all this data too that gratitude is good for our health. So I would mm-hmm. encourage listeners to think about somebody who's helped them in their life and to reach out to them, whether, you know, it's just sending them a text message, whether it's writing a letter. I actually did this last week. I, um, I realized that I had a teacher in high school that made a huge difference for me. So I decided to write her a letter. I tracked down her address and um, sent her a note, which I have to say actually made me feel very good. And, you know, hopefully she, she appreciated the note too, but, um, but, you know, to do things like that and to try to connect with the people around us. We know about loneliness that it's both the quality and quantity of the relationships. So this is, you know, you can try to address the quality with your existing friendships and relationships. And then the other thing is, you know, just as we go about our day-to-day lives is, you know, be aware of the people that are around you. You know, we live in an age where everyone's kind of glued to their phone or their device, but you actually you know, have the opportunity, like even when you're at the store, you're on an airplane flight, you know, um, waiting in line somewhere, just consider chit-chatting with the people around you because it turns out every little bit of kindness counts. Oh, it's just so true. I mean, I have read stories and actually interviewed people that have said that sometimes even a stranger's word of kindness has saved that person from something, you know, whether it's... Even it's his, it's even saved lives. Yeah, no, it's actually, I have to say that's been a, a big part of this work for me as I'm hearing these stories again and again. And it's really incredible because I think, you know, as an individual, you know, you may say one thing, but you have no idea how that may impact the person you're yeah. talking to yeah. or, or what else they have experienced or what they're experiencing in their life. So, you know, it really, really matters that, that we treat each other with dignity. Mm, so important. We're going to take a break in a couple of minutes. We have a couple more minutes, but I do want to ask you after the break is what you what do you do when you encounter a mean person or an unkind person? What are some of the things we can do, particularly today, where you know there's so much unkindness in the world right now? So I'd I'd like to talk about that. Um, before before we take a break. Uh, how can people find your book? And if you're giving any talks or workshops, how can they find that? Oh, sure. So it's uh, so the title of the book is The Rabbit Effect, and it's available at on Amazon and you know Barnes and Noble and um, pretty much most bookstores. It should be there. Just ask for it. Um, and then I, gosh, I've just completed a big world tour of the book, um, but there will be more talks and they'll be on my website, kellyhardingmd.com. So, um, no, I was just in uh, London with Action for Happiness for World Kindness Day, which was very exciting. Oh, oh how exciting. Oh. That's wonderful. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Again, my guest is Kelly Harding, Dr. Kelly Harding, MD. Her book is The Rabbit Effect, Live Longer, Happier, and Healthier with the Groundbreaking Science of Kindness. We'll be right back.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you understand your feline friends as well as you'd like? Why do they behave the way they do? If behavior issues get out of hand, how do you fix things? Get the answers and more when you listen to Cat Talk Radio with host Molly DeVos. We'll give you the straight facts, offer some tried and tested ideas, and alert you as to what's being done in this country and worldwide to save cats and shelter challenges. Cat Talk Radio on Voice America Variety. Beauty is always a reflection of how we are taking care of ourselves from the inside, and our business is no different. Building your business brand is a direct reflection of you. In today's competitive landscape, personal and proven leadership skills can ensure that our brands and businesses succeed. Join host Bonnie Bonadeo and visionary guest experts to help you find success. Tune into beautiful brands inside and out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest is Dr. Kelly Harding, MD, and the name of her brand new book is called The Rabbit Effect, Living, Live Longer, Happier, and Healthier with the Groundbreaking Science of Kindness. And there's so much research now that backs this up. Dr. Kelly Harding is an assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at Columbia University Medical Center in New York City. And she's also a diplomat of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology, as well as boarded in the specialty of mind-body medicine, which is psychosomatic medicine. And she is spending a lot of her time now really looking at this whole realm of kindness and how it impacts us and what a big difference it makes. So welcome back, Kelly. Oh, thank you again. Such a pleasure to be with you. (laughs) Thank you. All right, so let's talk about what we do in a world that is, we can see, and particularly on our news, where kindness is is not really part of it. There is a lot of meanness and bullying and putting people down um, to push other people's positions. What do you think about that, and how do we counteract that? Well, I think, so the first thing is just to recognize that kindness is a practice. And so, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of times, well, there are two things. One, you know, people sort of feel that kindness is 
kind of fluffy sometimes, but the reality is actually kindness is quite challenging, particularly in challenging times. Um, And to keep that in mind, um, because it really takes a lot of courage and bravery to be kind, particularly when you're in a stressful situation. So um, so one of the big things that we talk about is, uh, and that I talk about in the book is, you know, it's not like there's sort of kind people and unkind people. We all have, we're all human. We all have our moments. Um, and even my kids like to remind me that I have written a book on kindness sometimes. So, mm. um, you know, but the, the other thing is that when you see hurtful behavior, probably one of the most helpful techniques is to recognize that, you know, people who are hurt often hurt people. And, you know, so you never know, um, just like you never know how your kindness may impact someone else's life, you never know what's been going on with somebody else. And, you know, sometimes it might be something recent and sometimes it can be something from their past. So, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book, and it's, a, you know, it's a big thing in America that we don't talk about is, is trauma. So, you know, we know from studies that practically every other person you pass on the street has a history of an adverse childhood experience. And most people sort of live in shame around a lot of that and don't talk about that. But yet it affects our behavior, you know, even, and it affects our health even years down the road. So, you know, part of the goal of the book is to also just get people aware, talking about it, because the other thing is there's so much that we can do to try to address this pain, but it's not necessarily the kind of pain that we're going to fix in a doctor's office or, you know, with a pill. So um, it's really the kind of thing we need to be talking about in our communities and how we're treating one another and how we navigate challenges. How does uh, social media and technology fit into all of this? Sure. So we know that, you know, it's a mixed bag with social media. So, I mean, obviously technology is helping you and I talk right now, which is fantastic. Um, And it's got the upside of connecting us. But, you know, I think when it comes to the science of it, we really want to try to maximize our face-to-face connection. So ideally it would be, you know, the kind of thing you may use the social media to connect. Actually, I had a great example of this when I was in London for World Kindness Day. Um, uh, old friend of mine from high school, actually, we reconnected via Facebook, and then we met up in London at the Action for Happiness event, which was so delightful. Um, and so that's a great use of technology when you sort of use it to connect. But you know, we're sort of living in this unprecedented age, and especially for listeners who have kids, it's sort of like an unprecedented experiment with technology with our kids, too, um, where we have to be mindful that, you know, what are the parameters we're going to set for ourselves around the technology use? Because we, we do know that um, there have been studies done that show, you know, for many older adults, the TV is the primary companion. Um, we need to be thinking about ways that we can try to increase all of our social connections and positive social face-to-face connections. So, so important. How has your life changed since you wrote this story? Oh, this It has changed in so many ways. I mean, one, it has radically helped me understand the patients that I've mostly worked in the emergency room. Um, It's radically helped me understand what I was seeing. You know, the patients who, you know, have very treatable illnesses but continue to do poorly or, you know, patients who do well in the hospital but come back over and over again. Um, and, And so I think the thing that is 
so important is, um, you know, not just looking at sort of the outcomes, but the process and really thinking about the areas of our life that impact our health that you wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, it's not diet or exercise or, um, you know, even sleep or all that stuff. It's like, it's really how we're being treated in the everyday moments of our life. So, um, you know, a big place for many people are workplaces. You don't think about that, but that's actually a big determinant of our health, the studies show, as well as our education. So, you know, for people listening, education and purpose as well, we talk about in terms of health are really critical. Um, you know, so I have just really tried to embrace what I've written and um, and read and studied and put together. And I just feel like we really need to broaden our view of health behind beyond healthcare because we can really make a difference. I think that's what's really exciting about this. Yeah, it it really is. Now, when you went to this conference, are there actually groups or maybe a movement where? If people want to get involved, they can. Oh yes! So there are so many ways to get involved. So, um, so I went to this group that's absolutely lovely called Action for Happiness. And if you Google their website, it's actionforhappiness.org. Um, you can pull up all of their fun stuff. And actually, they have a very positive social media message as well. If you're on social media, um, and it's very uplifting. So they're just a, they're one great example. And I actually talk about them and how they came to be in the book. Um, you know. They have things like a gratitude calendars, things that you can do, like little tiny practices every single day that can actually make a real difference in your mental outlook. Yes. And I think, um, you know, that's the important piece is sort of we have to be talking about our mental well-being. So it's not just kindness to others. It's also kindness to ourselves and thinking about how we can be kinder because, you know, we talked about sort of kind and unkind people. One of the things we do know is that when we're not at our best, we're also often not our best to other people. So, for instance, like when we're, you know, tired, hungry, when we're running late on time, all those things actually really matter. So, um, so there are organizations so that you can try to try to just remind yourself continuously about these practices of kindness. Um, and then I think the other thing is to just get involved, you know, pick something that interests you and show up to a meeting in your neighborhood or in your community or, you know, look for a class that you've had your eye on and just take one step, like, you know, sign up and maybe take a friend with you if you can. I think it's nice to sort of double up on these areas when you, when you can and where you can. Um, and also, you know, I would say just to listeners, like, I think, um, you know, the really exciting part about this is, you know, just by nature of being human beings, you know, things come up with our bodies, but the more that we can be kind to ourselves and others, the data really shows that that makes a big difference how, how we navigate with these stresses. Yeah, I think it's very true, and I think the gratitude part really makes a difference. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, you may still be going through the struggle. But when oh, yeah, the struggle is still there. Yeah, but, right, but yeah. you're able to to navigate it better. And that's what pans out time and time again. Cause you know, that's just part of life as things come up, but, um, but the way that we navigate it and we know that, um, you know, from multiple studies that, you know, if you could kind of pick one thing to invest in, and this is where I feel like my life has changed too, is really invest in your relationships mm-hmm. and be and, kinder than necessary. And, <laughs> and Right, and maybe not um, engage or maybe disengage from the ones that are not kind. What do you think? 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's it. You, again, investing in our positive relationships. And, um, and so sometimes that requires evaluating where we aren't feeling necessarily treated with kindness. So, and again, you know, part of what I talk about in the book too is, is sort of like we learning to navigate conflict. So, you know, we probably all took a math class or reading class in school, but probably not many of us took a class on conflict resolution. Thankfully, that's somewhat changing for students now. But, um, you know, conflict is something that comes up every day and we have to learn to navigate it where we're focused on the problem, but not you know, the positions or people necessarily. So, you know, we, we have the resources, we have the, we have the wherewithal, I think, to really make a difference, but we have to be talking about how we're, we're treating one another and that we're all in this together. (laughs) We are. What's your message? What's your final message for our listeners? Well, you know, I think it really comes down to after, you know, years and years of research um, and, you know, writing this book and editing and rewriting, you know, it really comes down to be kind. And it sounds simplistic, but it's actually incredibly challenging. So, you know, I would, you know, just offer that to your readers and really think about in those moments how you can practice it. And, you know, and when you don't do well, just try it again. And, uh, yeah. That would, that would and give someone you love a hug or or a a message of of kindness and gratitude. Thanks so much, Kelly. Tell people again how they can find the book and the website. Sure. So the book is available everywhere. It's on um, you know Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's published through Simon and Schuster, and so all the independent bookstores should have it as well. Um, it's also. Um, if you, Kelly Harding MD is my website and I put things like events and other things I'm doing up there. But again, you know, I, in the book, I give thousands of examples of how kindness impacts our health. We talked about a couple of them today, but I really just want to encourage readers to, or listeners to broaden their understanding of, of, of health and really think about, you know, that health is happening far outside the walls of hospitals and clinics and it's happening every day in their lives. And kindness helps you to continue with your health, right? Eating right and exercising. If you don't have the right attitude, then you may fall short on some of those good habits. Sure. So it contributes to lifestyle, but it's not the whole picture. And that's what is exciting that I talk about in the book. It actually really seems to come down to the kindness itself in terms of reducing stress levels. Um, And there's now all this really cool science like around epigenetics, telomere research, the psychoneuroimmune system that shows how kindness buffers stress. And I think that's what's really neat because the science is coming together in this really synergistic way that's exciting. And it's all in your book, The Rabbit Effect. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was really great. My pleasure. For a second. Yeah, it was wonderful. Very inspiring. Yeah. Um, All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. You can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, and like me there. You can also get a copy of my monthly newsletter, which talks about all these wonderful guests that are upcoming, and that's Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Until next time, have a great week. Bye for now. for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.